Hanging out with Ricky Z. Of course, also known as Ricky Zahariades. <laughs> Let's see if I can get that pronunciation any better later. Ricky Z, I first saw him in the middle of the Caribbean. We we're playing on one of those boats. And this cat can play anything. I'm such a fan. Thanks to Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com for making this happen today. Guitar Player, play better, sound better quick podcast before the holidays. I'll keep it going. And uh, when I saw Ricky for the first time, he was playing with with Chuck Negron of uh, Famous for, uh, you know, oh, that was sweet, of Three Dog Night fame. But check this out. He's also played with Steven Tyler, Josh Groban, John Fogarty, Don Grusin, Michael Buble, Gary Wright, Alfredo Reyes, Ronnie Laws, Jose Feliciano, Nicholas Shea, Rick Derringer, Steve Lukather, Sheila E. It's crazy. And he's legit too. You can play the funk and you hear him playing the jazz. Am I in the right place? Right on. Okay, keep it going. I mean, it's hard to say. There might be a few, but what's one that pops in your mind is like, or maybe you're on stage somewhere or where your feet didn't touch the ground. I'm asking because you play with all those people I just listed. Um, Wow. Anything that just stands out. You know, maybe you're on Mars or something. Mars and just 10,000 Martians in front of you. (laughs) Strange. Okay. You know, probably it's going to sound strange enough, but it was a videotape live. Um, recording that we did with Josh Groban and should have been you know just frightened down in my brain but it was just so much fun um, because we, we had, you had two takes that's it kind of like direct, direct to disc you get two shots at it and there you go and it was for a live TV special it was, it was uh, at the time he had a record out uh, and they were they were um, distributing it through at Walmart, and so we went to go and make do this live concert at um, you know Avatar in New York, and then it was to be distributed. They show it at the Walmart stores. It's online now too. You can still see it. If you look up a 
Um, it was a whole concert. Yeah, we did. We did like yeah, six tunes, something like that. Yeah. But um, it was so much fun. It was a blast. Yeah. So I between mean, that and just playing with Luke any day, you know. Wait, so back up to the yeah, playing with Lukather. What what a blast! But but Groban, like one of the most beautiful voices around there, just a God's gift in his throat right there. But I wouldn't think of it as necessarily. I picture you playing a lot of charts or. Like, what was it that was so fun about that for you as a guitar player? <laughs> um, I mean, was there room to stretch, or was it more about just the whole adventure of what was? The, what well, the whole adventure. First, the music is beautiful, and the and it's really you know guitar heavy. So, um, like the first thing we did was Alejate, straight out the box. Okay, everyone, ready? Go Alejate, boom, and it starts with nylon solo. And it's solo through the whole bleeding tune. And it's just, oh, really? there you go. Here's an island. What, what would you play? Uh, well, that's actually a Cuban tres. Oh, that's a tres. I yes. Can, so this guy. The, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the back. This is an island. That's, that's an island. Yeah. So, um, uh, I only scratch electric guitars. I refuse to scratch an acoustic. Oh, well, look at he did. Right. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do go. <laughs> yeah, the great Ricky Z, folks. Hi there, y'all want me playing here, Ricky? Yes, I got Is that stuff you would be doing kind of? With that kind of thing. That's so great. You're feeling yeah. in, in, in between his, um, his, his lines. Yeah, man. That, um, and, you know, and any, any record date with Mark Hudson. Oh, yeah. We're just laughing all <laughs> day long. That is the you best. Know, just can, play, yeah, just playing in the sandbox. Like, that's all we ever wanted to do since we were kids. If you you know. can laugh while you're doing this shit. That's the best. That's, that's yeah. It can be stressful sometimes too. I mean. Oh hell yeah! Oh so hello. If it's when it turns fun. It's the best. Yeah. 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 Exactly. What, what's the most spinal tap moment or anything went hilariously wrong or unexpected? Oh on the my gig? gosh! Oh you were on stage. There's some bloody many. Or backstage. <laughs> Heaven. Or, or actually, um, wow. There's so many moments to think, 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 son. Sometimes it's hard to just concentrate. Yeah, because <laughs> these, these, these meld into this big, long stream of, ah! <laughs> so many times. Oh, gosh. Um, I do recall, um, this is actually kind of fun. Um, we were in the mountains out in, in Germany, and in the hills in the middle of bloody nowhere. I had no idea why we were even there. Like, How are people going to come? But people showed up. And it was with Luke, and his gear at the time was the same gear he had for twenty plus years, twenty five years, and it was like all oh, was breaking down. Was it like a? It was eighties kind of stuff. Oh no, it was like it was yeah, um, it, well nineties as well. 90s. It was um, custom audio three channel preamp, right. and so we had all all the rack gear. This thing was heavier than snot. And there's MIDI and happening. And- a MIDI happening, all this stuff, and we were in the middle. It was raining. I remember it was raining. 
And Terry, the uh, tech came up goes, dude, what? It's not working. What do you, what do you mean? It was Terry Drake. He goes, no, Luke's, Luke's rig isn't working. Well, fuck, what are we going to do? Oh, we got, well, you know, we got 45 minutes. Okay, call Bob. Bob Bradshaw. Call Bob whole, at home and, and give me a screwdriver. And so we're opening. It's like, <laughs> we're, it's like three in the morning. Bob exactly. <laughs> we're just tearing stuff over. Luke walks by. Yo, what's up? Oh, no, man, we're just trying to fix a dead patient. He goes, he looks over and goes, cool. All right, see you in a little bit. <laughs> Little did he know the thing was like dead. It was not even breathing. Oh, and we're just throwing tubes in and out of that the preamp and trying to find what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, we get, we get Bob on the phone. Bob, it's not working. We've done this. We've done this. We've done that, 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 that. He goes, okay, maybe it's not the preamp. Okay, tell you what. You know what? Shut it down. And then reboot it. Bob, really? That's yeah. all you got for us? Yeah. <laughs> just shut it down. So we do. We shut it down. Reboot it. Is it working? Terry says, yeah. Okay. Why? Bob goes, I don't know. There's like, no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole or when the gear comes back on. Yep. Just like, like thank, thank you. you. Like, Dude, you built this thing. He goes, yeah, but I don't know. If I can't figure it out, I just turn it off and turn it back on again. I hope the best. God, that's, the three of you were less stressed right at that moment. Dude, yeah. Man, I was touring with Billy Sheehan and, and um, the other two bass players that were on that gig. who was, you know, B times three, and yeah. Stuart Ham and Jeff Berlin. And Billy impressed me so much because, man, when a piece of rack gear goes down, I'm like, I don't know what, anything about that. What's in there? But we're in, uh, like, Taipei or something, mm-hmm. and the airlines, and he had those Yamaha preamps and stuff, or Ampeg stuff. And he, he just shook that thing, and he could just tell what had happened, kind of. And he opened it up, and, like, one of the transformers or something had come loose, and the screws were floating oh. around, and he, like, put it all back together at soundcheck himself and fixed that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite a feeling. That's Jimmy Johnson. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we were doing a date, and something happened to um, Jim Cox's Whirly, and it just stopped working. So it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and me, do they call a tech? They just call, Jimmy? Yeah. The world has stopped working. Oh, okay, cool. And so I was what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to work on this world. Come on, I'll help you. So we're sitting there working. He's taking the thing apart, just taking out all the little, you know, connections and taking them out and putting them and cleaning them up. Goes, oh, I think this one might be a little weird. But he goes, you know, people don't call me to play bass. <laughs> they just call me because I can fix gear. <laughs> Uh, right. He's like, sure, Jimmy. Quick <laughs> uh, Man, I wish I could remember his name. He was guitar teching for Joe Bonamassa, and he told me how they were doing a show in like Eastern Europe or Europe or something, and and one of Joe's vintage pedals went down or something. You know, like this one resistor or this capacitor just went out, mm-hmm. and he knew what was wrong. And and Joe was like, "Man, just get it fixed by showtime." And he's like, Urgh! he's like freaking out. He was like standing in the alley. I don't know if he's on the phone or something, and. He looked down and this piece of junk out there was like an old cash register or some kind of some piece of junk there that was exposed and he saw some like resistors or maybe they were capacitors. He <laughs> saw the exact one that he was looking for and he pulled it off and put it into the pedal and it and it, it worked. Yeah, that, that's there's a divine intervention is necessary sometimes to to save the gig. Wow, yeah, she's dang that happened in, in um Amsterdam. Is I had the weirdest luck with my pedal board. And it's not because of the pedals; it's because of people. 
Yeah. Um, somehow, um, before you know, before we went on, my board was right next to you know the end of the stage, and someone had come up and started tweaking stuff. Oh, so so sound check is great. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, Steve, look at her. We start playing, you know, twist the knife, and there's nothing coming out. I'm looking around. It's like, fuck me sideways. Ah, ah, ah. And someone had just a little tweak of something, to, you know, touched a pedal, you know, and the the, the, oh, yeah. the connection went out or something. So, you know, I was using my uh, trusty yes. divided by 13, you know, uh, Dyna Ranger. And so basically oh, what I had to do is like, well, just, well, screw it. All right. I had my um, divided by 13 ERT 32, 33, ERT 33. That guy right here. And I just, Plugged straight into him and just cranked it up. And I looked over at Ken Freeman at the front of the house. And I'm lifting, lifting to him. I'm sorry, because it just had to turn it up. And you know, and the thing is, Luke's um, stage is pretty quiet. And I'm just I turned the amp a little to the side, kind of like Richie Blackmore. Turned to the, to the side and just got but, the tone. Got the tone. But at the end, Ken said, "You know what? That's the best it sounded all all." Tour. I go, yeah, but it can't turn up that loud out anymore. I, this, uh, I know that's so frustrating. We have our pedal boards. That happened to me in Sweden. There was a um, there was a pedal board. I mean, pedal board strike. There was a baggage handlers strike, and we were coming from Italy, and they were they were wanting to negotiate something, so they just went off the job. And for two days, I had no pedals, and so I just ran into a rented Marshall, uh-huh. utterly dry, just a guitar cable. I think the guy gave us gave me a tuning tuner pedal too. Luckily, the guy at the club, he, this mix engineer, is very musical. He put a nice little kind of little bit of oh, okay, delay or something in the in the PA, and it just sounded so good. Like sometimes it's like better than just running through all this crap. <laughs> you know, just sucking away your tone. Doesn't matter what kind of cables you use. Somehow you're gonna lose it. You know, but, and, yeah, but Ed, you'll straight in that poopy. And one but, time I was doing Blues Deville gig, going through a Fender Hot Rod Deville or something. Yeah, it was we had his back line on the road, and and again the. The poor tech, he left our pedal boards at the previous city. Oh. Luckily, we got him back. But we got him back halfway through the set. Halfway through the set. So this is like night and day, right? So got my shit, plugged it in. And like so much tone. Looks like You don't hear it right away when you just A, B sometimes. But mm. I couldn't believe how much clearer it sounded going just guitar and cable. And I was like, oh, yeah. I kind of like just going the guitar and That's cable. Straight through, you know. Maybe when you, it helps a lot you know, when you got the, the uh, buffers going on. Oh yeah, yeah, but still, you're always gonna kind of you know, lose, lose a little bit of something. But probably the weirdest one though was finishing up at BB King's in New York. Oh, I played there too many times. I didn't and going to strike the gear at the end of the day, right? A boom, and some thieving magpie, just like the guy in Amsterdam, this guy walked off with my delay pedal. Just took it right off stage. Oh, you're killing <laughs> you know, me! It's like, dude, I just got lifted. You gotta be kidding. Dude, his wa- just walked in there. Boom. You know that same gig? No, it wasn't that same gig because I had my pedals. Where was it? It was a different gig in Sweden when mm-hmm. I had my pedal board. And there there was this, after the show, we're standing in front of the stage. There's just a couple of people around there. I remember this one dude. I remember crystal clear now. And I remember there's like three people there and the techs were kind of working around, but they didn't really know us. And and I just felt for a second like the most tiniest little spider sense mm. went off. Like this guy's behind me. I don't see him like because my back was to my pedal board. And then 10 seconds later, you know, everything's fine. And 
then my 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 fucking wawa pedal was gone my crybaby gone and i wasn't making it up because the guy filmed the gig and we went back to the tape and sure enough we had a video of this dude walking off grabbing right behind my back he knew who i was too yeah so funny the deal we've got you buddy you're lucky i let you go we could have put you on sweden's most wanted that's right (laughs) wow wow thief oh man carl give me that this is fun man holiday podcast one last podcast yeah yeah. year how do you you say your last zahariatis yeah that's it actually how do you say it that's it actually say it i actually had a a girlfriend once, Greek, who... <laughs> that's not the way you say your name, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. No, the D is a T-H. It's a Haria this. You're saying it wrong. Mind you, ex-girlfriend. So. Ah. <laughs> All right, so... So everyone just says Z. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand some of uh, yeah, the, the Greek last names like Phil X and, and Gus G. It's Ricky Z. Ricky Z. And that was, that was from Ellis Hall. We used yeah. to work together for... Ever and ever and ever, and um, thank the Lord we still do. But in the '90s, when we first started doing dates, I used to drive him to our gigs together. You know, because Ellis wanted to drive, but it's like Ellis, I'll drive. We got to get there. Um, and so, who, who, Ellis who's blind, by the way. Um, and so he kept <laughs> trying to get my name. I remember this. All right, all right, all right. Here's that's so How do you do that again? So I would tell him, and week after week. Finally, one day he just came up and said, you know what? I give up. <laughs> You're just Ricky Z to me. <laughs> and he started calling me Ricky Z. People heard him. And then after that, it became Ricky Z. And I go, well, that's a lot easier. You know, yeah, always explaining it to everyone who would always trip over their tongues. I felt so sorry for everyone. So, yeah. Thus he gave birth to Z, and there it is. There it is. So you've got this beautiful strat going through a divided by 13, going through a power station from Fryette to bring yes. down the mayhem. Oh, absolutely. Which I love those things because you can obviously run the effects in there after the amp. What is this guitar? This is, um, wow, Lord have mercy. Um, this is a 1985 strat, one of the first that came out of Japan after they shut down the Fulgen factory. So uh, I was working at, um, I was teaching over actually at a, a guitar store and I wanted a Strat. And they go, we can't get any. Why? They shut down Fullerton. Oh man, something's got to happen. So sure enough, a couple months later, they go, oh, we got some stuff coming in from Japan. I go, Japan? Really? Okay. This thing came in. Uh, my buddy who ended up later on becoming a master builder for Fender set the thing up. What do you think of this? It's wonderful. Uh, $220 with the case. Awesome. Um, so I took that puppy, ran all off with it. So we've got, I've had this since 85. As you can see by the, you know, the life, yeah. life scars. Uh, Goto Bridge, a, replaced a nut with graphite. And these are Texas Specials. Cool. Which I got in a trade for some, from a buddy. Three um, single so, coils. And those things are just wonderful. And, and it's great because people would always listen to it and go, my God, that sounds so stratty. Because you had a lot of, Late 80 strats were around at that time because yeah. I you know, had this thing in 85. And it sounded, people say, that thing sounds so stratty compared to the other. No. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, they were making yep. some gems out of there back then. Oh, yeah, and it's even better now. Yeah. Um, Joey Brathard has uh, become uh, vice president of, of electric guitars, and he's been there for like five years or so. Yeah. And since he's been there, the quality of the guitars has just jumped astronomically, and he's just really revolutionary in, in the ideas that he brings to him. So the guitars are just incredible now. That's great. Yeah, I know Joey. He's, yeah. He's the coolest. Yeah, let's hear a little more of that guitar. Uh, what should I play? Um, oh, could we get a little bit more out of you, just for the room? A lot more guitar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. Ah, oh, that's better. Much better. I want to hear him in the room. Yeah, that's uh, beautiful. What did you call it? It's Magic a, pine. Uh, sugar uh, sugar LSL, pine. LSL sugar pine T-bone, yeah. um, made by Lance and Lisa Lerner. They're now in Santa Clarita, yeah. and those those things are just incredible. I love this guitar, man. The original um, tellies that that Leo made were were yeah. pine. Oh, really? So they decided well, you know, we're going to start with pine. And so. And here's 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 the deal. This is a story that sold me. Uh, a buddy hooked me up. A buddy in Germany, um, when I was off with Luke, mm-hmm. hooked me up with um, Lance Lerner. He he had ordered one, and so he brought one of the guitars to to a gig we had in in uh, Mannheim, I think. And he goes, "Dude, check this guitar. I go, this is incredible. This is wonderful. I love it to pieces." So he hooked me up to Lance. At the time, Lance was working out of his backyard. He had this really nice shop. I walk into the shop, and he has a guitar up, and he says, "Hey, he's just finishing." Um, Screwing in one of the, the pickups. Boom. Try this out. Okay, so I play the guitar. I go, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's nice. Uh-huh. He goes, nice, huh? I go, yeah, it, 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 it's pretty good. He goes, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's pretty good. Hey, give me that. Takes a screwdriver, unzips it, unzips it takes out the pickup, boom, in the trash. Yeah, it's just, you know, good. Let's try another one. Because they had a girl, and I think they still do, who makes their own, winds their pickups. So yeah. he was that particular. I go, oh, I can get to like this guy. You know, <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, it's not perfect. Out it goes. You know? And was that this guitar or a different one? That was this guitar. This well, well, they built this guitar, guitar afterward. Yeah. It was another one. It, it was a uh, a blonde. It was a blonde uh, T-bone. And then he and Avi Shabbat yeah. built this one for me. I love these. Yeah, I think uh, doesn't Carl Verheyen play these? Or? Carl has. Yeah, he has his own. Um, Satakoy, because they, after after they left this, um, his shop behind the house, they they moved over to Satakoy Street, oh, okay, cool. and so Carver Hines is the Carver Hines Satakoy model. Uh-huh. Indeed. Yeah, a little, a little, a little prost. cheers, bros. Oh, happy Christmas time, I tell you. Oh, great little German, everybody in a dunkel, got to love it. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking that. One, I just love all your notes, man. Dude, no, you, you, you gold, dude. You went, big fan. That's uh, me. Man, likewise. It was love at first listen when I saw you playing on that boat. So, um, yeah, what do you, what do you want to play a little bit of? Like, um, uh, okay, you know what? Um, how about Silent Night in A? I'll try, yeah. Is that kind of go? Um, to, yeah, that's help. a beautiful song. Well, I wrote the other day, see? <laughs> That's great. You don't even need me yet. I'll wait till you need me. I was waiting. You can play the melody.
before. Wait, <laughs> let's start again. Like at the perfect blues kind of soulful 12-8 tempo you know uh, it's who would have thought to make a soul blues version of silent i mean millions of people i'm sure but just just guitar instrumental stretch out that's any other songs you like to do though that's funny <laughs> i love that kind of stuff oh yeah you know what i do oh man i'm gonna do this one it's a beethoven oh okay you know that famous melody it's like Turn into six eight. stuff so much where you take it and you 
turn something. There's so much music anywhere that could be great guitar music, and you you put your own style to it. Yeah, it totally inspired me. I remember back in before I went to uni, um, I remember playing at uh, Chapey College, Where's and that? Um, it's in Altaloma on the way toward Palm Springs, and Jack Mason was a the director there. And what was so cool about that is that but he was a real life. This is what happens when you get out in the world, guys, kind of thing. And so oh, yeah. I remember one time we were just kind of sitting around, and he walks out. We're just kind of just playing and stuff. He goes, "You know what? Hey, who's got the Bach inventions?" And everybody had them because you know we had to dig them in you know, piano class. So we get them out. He goes, "Okay, here's what you guys do. You guys get on a gig, and you're you're kind of wearing everything out, and you got nothing left to play. Pick some of the inventions. Like like take number four. Well, yeah." He goes, Play it straight through the head, right? Play the melody just as in two-part invention. Come back, swing it. Then play blues over it. Come back, do do the head again. Boom! You guys just killed like fifteen minutes. Tell me you got an <laughs> example of this. <laughs> it's a wonderful, you know. The- That's beautiful. Yeah, totally. I know that one. And then you go back in the minor blues. Yeah. I go, oh, dude, this is great. So we get to uni, and we had um, uh, Friday concerts. You had to participate in Friday concerts. You had to at least do one a month. Now, when you say you, where was your university? Um, Costa Fullerton. And then uh, I, my, my car blew up. I had to finish up at Cal State San Bernardino. So everything was fine until we get to San Bernardino. So we get to San Bernardino, and we have to play um, a Friday concert. So a couple of mates and I got together, and uh, it was just a trio, sax, acoustic, straight-up, upright bass, and myself, and we did this. And, man, did we get raked over the coals like nobody's business. <laughs> By how, who? The staff, the faculty. How dare you defame Defile. This is always horrible. Oh, yeah, sprinters go back there and scrub the floors with toothbrushes. But the thing is, like, if oh. Bach were alive, he'd be doing that himself. Oh, I love all that. The changes tell you that it's jazz. I do it, man. You know, basically it was jazz. And since the fact that they were actually improvising off a of figured bass, it was jazz. I know. It was just jazz. You know, you know who? Six hundred years earlier. You must know Adam Levy, right? Adam Levy. Yeah. Great jazz player, and, and we once had him write an article, a guitar player, on the on the current state of jazz, and he decided that the most current modern bebop player, straight up bebop, and it was an interesting choice, is Mike Stern, because Mike does step on his pedal and everything, but he plays these beautiful bebop lines, and I got to interview Mike a couple of times, and uh, he would pull out this Bach, and he just loved the Bach so much because so much information, he was like studying flute partitas and stuff. Mm-hmm. In one line, there's so much harmonic in front of the whole chord progression. You can hear everything in this single note melody, and it's a good melody always. So it's amazing. Yeah, there's so much there, and then so that's that's funny that you guys got uh, your wrists smacked. Oh, my big time! Ruler oh. beating. <laughs> okay, I took this Bach piece, which you all probably know, right? And I made it into a rock jam. Ah, you know that you got you know this one, right? But like I was like, what if we put it in a forefront? Mm-hmm. 
just, I mean, the harmonies are all there. Yeah. I just, I'm, I, I just can't even. Just ask Richie Blackmore. Hello. So how, did, how did you get so dang good at guitar and music? You're a musician. I mean, the list of people that you have played with is positively sickening. <laughs> when I first saw you, you were playing. We met on one of those cruises where uh-huh. I was playing with uh, the Jefferson Starship. Yeah, and uh, you were playing with Chuck Negron from, uh, from the Three Dog from the Night. Three Dog Night yeah. fame. And that's one of the best concerts. I, honestly, I'm not flattering here. Like, Watching you guys play on that deck and just how you were just totally riffing off the music and goofing off and landing like three pointers with everything that you touched. John Greathouse, mm. my keys, Todd Wolf. Todd Wolf. And uh, yeah, Chris Roy. Oh, yeah, Chris on bass. Chris on bass. Baked Potato Crew. You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just the just so badass. And uh, and you took this one solo where you were just goofing off with the crowd and like moving around funny, but every note you were just killing and i really enjoyed that and then and, uh, ever since then just couldn't wait to uh hang out with you for, for well, like this well, thank you very much and uh but where did you start to play guitar or music or it I'm, it's everything started at about 12 uh, it was 11 actually it was 11 the 11th year uh, my brother brought um had, had a mate they were really close together like always in trouble together and he brought over that little silver tone amp it's in the corner a 1965 uh, gosh 1482 amp and a three-string guitar electric guitar couldn't it's one of those people that had to be that switches on it you know probably made by joey down the street or something and they only had the top three strings and they were who knows how they were even tuned yeah but dave left it and when they went to go and play around I just ran over to the guitar and I just kind of started fooling with it and made sense out of it in its own strange way. Southern California? Or? Yes, Southern California. Um, I was in Fontana, which is yeah. hence the reason why I went up to Chafee and out to Loma. Yeah, after that, I just, I spent that whole summer just making noise and yeah, yeah. got hooked. And being the youngest of three brothers, I everyone, each one two years apart, I was able to get the the experience and the um, exposure because they were listening to way cool stuff. And I was just a little, you know, weenie head brother. But the oldest brother had a really good album collection. Oh, Same yeah. thing. He leaves and I'm like, digging into stuff. So I started up at 12, um, convinced mom to, you know, please give me some lessons. It'll, it'll sound better than this, I promise, if you give me lessons. <laughs> um, Dad had left this old Alvarez acoustic guitar with, with telephone cables about, you know, three feet off the yeah. neck. And I uh, started making noise off that. Um, took lessons, and because of all the exposure of my brother and, and the guys in the neighborhood, at 13, you know, uh, I discovered Jeff Beck. Oh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I was like, whoa, 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 what is this? You know, I just started taking lessons, and that, oh, my Lord, wow, I'm hooked. So yeah. that just kept going. I played through school. Um, playing got me through uni. It paid the bills for that. And there it was. I've been yeah, doing it ever well, since. I think my first session was like, oh God. First session was in 1980 or 81. I think it was, I think it was summer of 80. That was my first recording were session. Were you like 12 or something? Yeah, you know, if only. <laughs> wish. But um, sure. it, was, it was great because I had, I had like zero gear, you know. And so I had to go into my guitar teacher who lent me his Echoplex. 
Let me his Fender Princeton. Let me his 335. Wow, you showed up like a pro. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, I'm ready to go. None of it's mine. I got to give it back to Billy when I'm done. But, yeah, so I was, man, it was just like, uh, 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 that's all I want to do. And my poor mother goes, really, don't you want to be, you know, responsible? No, no, I really don't. You're going to starve. Oh, but I'll be happy. I'll be thin, but I'll be happy. I want to be a guitar so, player when I grow up. Well, you can't do both. <laughs> yes, choose. Uh, choose well. You only get one shot at it. <laughs> yeah. You can be one or the other. You can't be a grown-up. And yeah, play guitar. <laughs> yeah, so, man, I love that, that jam, the Chuck, the um, Three Dog Night Jam. Uh, Shambhala. Shambhala, yeah. You're playing it when you came in. But you, you play it every night with him. Ah. <laughs> ah, damn. 
dude, I love watching you play. Stop so. doing that. Stop doing it. <laughs> Too damn good. Stop it. Uh, smoking mirrors. I love where we were on the boat. You're like, you gave me some really good advice because you had the best tone. You were running through a through a Vox and your Synergy. The Synergy. The A-Track amplifier where you pop in the cartridge like an A-Track. Boom. And it's got to be a pink cartridge. You know, it has the most obnoxious colored, you know, you know cassette you can put in. <laughs> Big old A-Track thing. It's wonderful. <laughs> it, because, now that came out of the story because um, I was out um, doing some dates with Frank Stallone. And we were at this place that I had been to billions of times before in the Connecticut. And this time, they had a new sound guy who I'd never seen before in my life. We walk in, go straight up to the stage. There's an AC-30 on stage. And there's a, a I think he had a 57 stuck right in the cone. Uh-huh. Oh, major football, party foul. So I just go to move it off the center. Hey, what are you doing out there? Don't touch that microphone. You know, this is over his, <laughs> the puzzle. What the fuck? Where's it coming from? There's a guy at the desk and pointing his finger at me. Don't you dare. <laughs> Dude, I'm just setting up the sound. No! He's talking to the talkback mic or something? Yeah, talking to, yeah. yeah. It's no, like no. great and powerful eyes. <laughs> exactly. So, so we go through this whole rigmarole. It's, it, now, it sounds like this ass yeah. because it's going right in the freaking cones. I'm turning all, I, mean, I had the, the cut all the way on those, those thir- Macy 30, so there's no high end coming out of it. I put the volume way down so it wouldn't be so nasty and it is horrible. So by the end, we get we finally get through it, and he looks go, hey, if you touch that microphone, I'm taking you out of the house. Period. Oh, God, fine. No what? So we go away, come back for the show, walk up on stage. I didn't touch the microphone. I just picked the amp and just moved it over to where I wanted it, and then played the show. But I figured after that, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that grief That's anymore. one solution. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't touch, didn't touch the microphone. Boom, there you go. go. Take me out of the house. Go ahead. I dare you. We're hitting now. Boom. So... I was over at Michael Thompson's place, and and he he had been just singing the praises of these things for years. And I'm thinking, yeah, Michael. He goes, no, man, really, man. Like 95 percent of the recording I do is out of these things direct. Sure, Michael, I love you. Sure. Yeah. And so we're sitting, we play. Goes, no, no, play through it. I'm going. So I play through it. And I go. There's something here. So um, he lent me his for about three months and then after he called me wanting it back I had to go get my own so I called Steve Elo over at uh, Synergy and picked one up and then um, Michael gave uh, it's just the JCM 800 module really? it's incredible it, it's you go front of house you go straight to front of house the engineers are happy as can be and you can either because there's so many different options you can either go into the front end of the amplifier if your amp has a, an effects loop, you can go into the effects loop of the amplifier and use the clean channel of that amplifier plus the two channels of this, if you so wish. Yes, yeah, so it's got different outs. Like you have a different out going into the front of the amp than into the loop, right? Right. Yeah, you have different out- outputs. And this has yeah. its own effects loop. Right. And, Does and it have so a tube in it? It has three tubes in it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> each, each module has a couple tubes, and, uh, and I think there are either one or two tubes in the actual housing unit itself so how do you run them with the ac30 i was running straight into the app just, yeah that's what i thought straight yeah into so the that's, input. that's what you heard at this yeah, step yeah. boom and i just turned the cut down a little bit because this one thing about these when you go straight into an amp they have the tendency to be kind of bright so you need to talk but you have like one eq section going into another eq section right so yeah. I, I made i took it I, I made other one just 
flat. Yeah. Everybody's looking straight up at twelve o'clock, and I roll the the hot the cut a little bit. Yeah, and that's what you were hearing. But what you were actually hearing was the house. Yeah, because it went straight into the front of the desk. Man, front of the house desk. So. And so, yeah, yeah. so, so that's so, what you use all the oh, wait, time. Now. Sorry, where you just said that you're running direct out to the house. Yes, oh, cool. and that's what you were hearing. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fun solution, man. Yeah, and uh, so this is that. Uh, this is the J, JCM 800, and um, Michael also gave me his. He had an extra um, plexi one. Now, are they literally called that? They use those names. Yes, indeed, my dear friend. I show they, you. They, they licensed that I, from. I, a, I give you not. Oh, whoops, I'm sorry. Here's the 800. So they go 800 instead of JCM. They have the 800. 800 and right. this one in here is a Plexi. That's yeah, it. that's uh, and Plexi is not really a Marshall trademark. Exactly. It's just a nickname. Right. Now, the one thing I can tell you about the Plexi is it doesn't clean up like the Plexi that's sitting right behind you. Yeah. I love that thing. I know. What is this? It's a Marshall. It's missing it, the R. It, yeah, this, this is my Marshall from the hood, man. You know, I lost my Marshall. <laughs> yeah, the R fell out. Before I even no no it fell out yeah. fell out on me two years after I bought it from a guy in, in I got it in 94, 94 out of the the green sheet of paper that they used to have here and it cost yeah. me six hundred dollar yeah at that time and it's just wonderful uh, Lon Cohen checked the tubes for me he goes dude I don't even need to change the tubes and that was in ninety five when he looked at it never changed the tubes and it just sounds incredible man must be loud oh. Most so below, like Santa. Is that a Fuchs over there? No, it is not. It is not Mr. Fuchs. No. <laughs> He's not. You, can I guess what it is? Or No, you may not, because it's gonna, you'll sit there and go, uh, uh, uh. It's like one-off? <laughs> because uh, the guys who, uh, Moss Hudson used to make have a company, which is defunct now, but they made these um, these Dumble Light, they called them, because they're yeah. not Dumbles. Any, um, anyway, but he was like a super fan of um, yeah. South Park. Uh-huh. So he calls his brown notes. <laughs> the brown note. <laughs> so that's what that yeah. is. is yes, yeah, wonderful amplifiers. Um, it's it's never you're never going to yeah. get an amp that's going to be a dumble. Yep. Because Alex makes the amp directly for a person's personal flavor. The way yep. they pick, the way they hold. So every amp is different a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But it is a general thing. It's great, and it he um it, it, he, he stopped making uh, some mosses disappeared. But um, those are, amps are really cool. You know. That's killer. And then you got this old Bandmaster Blackface. 1965. 1960, oh, yes, indeed. High watt. It's all going. What is this box head over here? Uh, this is a, no, 1965. There's something about that year. You know, yeah. the silver tone, the fender in this box. Um, yeah. This is a 1965 AC50 that I got from this guy um, in Colorado. And this is the, the, the magical wonder lamp. The wonder lamp. Um, I got a call from a buddy of mine who's a who who, he actually played my first record bass player and he's he's a super tech and he goes man Dr. May's in town and he's stuck he he doesn't have any gear with him I'm like dude he has a house here in Beverly Hills he goes yeah I know but no no gear and we need him to play tonight okay so I took my red special over there get there I took that and my hello Frederick Tacconi divided by 13 Dyna Ranger. Nice. The, the coolest treble booster in existence. Thank you. Um, and I took this along in my, my red special, and we're sitting, talking, hanging out with Dr. May, who's the sweetest, sweetest soul on the planet. He's so yeah. wonderful. And yeah. they, they didn't have an AC30 for him. All they had were Marshalls. And so the director came and said, look, Brian, we have a problem. Oh, really? What's that? <laughs> um, 
we don't have any AC-30s for you. Oh, dear. No? <laughs> well, we have marshals. And this is, like, so wonderful. We have, we have some marshals. Marshals. I'm afraid I don't sound very good through those. That's nice. <laughs> um, per perhaps we'll have to give it a miss. Go, no, no, you got to play. And he goes, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't think I'd better. You know, but thank you. Yes. And so oh I said, well, God. I go, well, sheesh. What say I go, and I go over the hill at home and I bring back this, my this 65 AC 50. He goes, AC 50? He goes, yes. He goes, and he's so sweet. You do that for me. <laughs> Absolutely, Dr. May. Absolutely. So ran home, picked it up, came back, uh, schooled my buddy on where to set everything, plugged it, played it, comes back and then, well, Brian, what do you think? He goes, oh my God. AC-50. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's badass. You yeah. saved the day and... Da -da -da. And, yeah, and so he yeah. got to actually play 50. Oh, man, I'm sure he'll never forget that day. Oh. So where were you playing? Where was he playing? Were you playing with him? It was, no, um, it was um, the Classic Rock Magazine um, Awards uh -huh. for the year, yeah. And so um, Pagey couldn't be there. He, had a, uh, he, he sent a little video, but Sam Hagar was the Master of Ceremonies. Um, of course, we had Dr. May, Billy Gibbons, Joe Perry, Dang you know, man. and so I'm just, just, I'm just salivating backstage, just going, oh, yeah, I met, I'm lucky I met the Reverend Billy Gibbons over with uh, Luke, and we opened up for him in France a few dates, sweetheart of a guy. Um, so he, we're running, this is great, we're yeah. running through his gear, right, and they and Billy's gear? Billy's gear. In France. In France. We're running through this, and you know, he's like, well, you know, one day I was coming out of this gig, because Billy has great stories, right? And I heard, the, you know, I'm all dressed up differently. I'm trying to hide myself so they can't see who is me, you know, I'm walking out. And I heard these two guys talking, hey, man, that Billy Gibbons, he sure sounds great, doesn't he? And uh, his buddy goes, yeah, well, you know, if you had a 59 Les Paul, you'd sound that good, too. So he figured, oh, you know what? They really think so? Okay, I'm leaving the 59 at home. So what he did is he had a DOD programmable graphic EQ that could read as well as write. Uh -huh. So he had, uh, Sammy was um, his um, attack at the time. Oh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. He's in, in the valley. He's in San Gabriel Valley. And what he had do, he'd do is he took the 59 and he played a G chord and they froze the graphic reading. He goes, okay, okay I want you to take every guitar I got. I want you to match it exactly that with an EQ. So it sounds exactly like, it, it looks just <laughs> like the 59. So all these guitars have go through a, that unit, and each one is different. They match it to yeah. the 59. And he had J, JMP1s. Right, right. You know those uh, little one-space one one yep. Marshall preamps. Yeah. He goes, he goes, really? That's it? He goes, yeah. I got that from the DOD, goes into those, and then I right, then to a little power amp, a little speaker backstage. Yeah, goes, really? Those, those, those little champions? goes, yeah, eBay. Ain't it great? <laughs> I love it, man. Then he goes out there with the Sears Roebuck, Les Paul, and, and boom, still sounds amazing. It sounds like, the, sounds like the pearly gates. Yeah, people are. Yeah, so, so Billy was there playing, and um, yeah, so it was, it was a blast. Joey Brassler was there. Right. So, what was he doing? He was he at the time he was working for GC. Yeah. So he was um, one of the, the senior vice presidents of the GC. So he was there representing 
I guess they sent sent amps and, and stuff. So you're playing with Lukather on a tour, or what yeah, you? yeah, I was I was playing with Luke for like, like a second year. guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, dude, I'm like, play. come on, he's like my hero, you know. And then, well, I know, but then I'm looking like, over, and there he is going, yeah, motherfucker, bring it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Luke, man. Yeah, we we did a tour of New Zealand with Toto, and did four. It was four shows, four outdoor summer shows. Mm-hmm. It was really fun just to get some hang time. But I mean, I've known him from interviewing him over the years too like the, the king of the funniest quotes of all time <laughs> oh <laughs> you want me to play at a nam jam dude i'd rather get my prostate checked like, than play at a nam jam <laughs> oh my god he's so funny so um <laughs> what you what kind of stuff were you playing with him just like the, the, the solo stuff a little bit yeah of he, he, he called house <laughs> he called it the uh the the no hits tour nice and he was it, that was it he was adamant no, hey, fuck that shit. We're not playing any hits. So we played stuff off his, his, you know, his uh, the first Lukather record, and then a couple. Um, he had a new one out at the time. Um, never ending something. Anyways, for Jeff. Um, no, we did. Uh, yes, he did. He did do that. Yeah. That's beautiful. No, that, 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 I can't remember. Yeah, that, that and uh, Simon's pants parties, party and Simon's pants, and then everything else was just the rock tunes. With Simon so, on drums. No, no. Um, Eric Valentine was on drums. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, just waking up every day and then going to the venue and there's, there's Luke Daddy, you know. So, yeah. Best hangs. Uh, you learn anything playing from him or, uh, you know, playing with him? Like anything, any takeaways after? I've been taking, I've been taking away from him for decades. Oh, me too. You know, I just, it's, it's where I kind of would go through periods <laughs> where I would just like, Go a little bit overboard, yeah. And I would be like, "Boom! I'm told I'm Carlton. Then I'm Luke, you know. And I'm Stevie Ray. Then and yeah. and then finally after a while, it it just melded into into something. Thank God, oh, homogenous yeah. and different. But uh, so I had been stealing from him for years anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this is like a Luke bend, right? Where you add the note and I always. Yeah. Bend about a whole step, then and put um, a, a half, half step. step. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, all those, the, the uh, overextended bands and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Look, look, Daddy. You to play with Ronnie Laws, too, because that's one of the great instrumentals. With a... Friends and Strangers is such a good jam. Got the head. 
Duke. Yeah, that's like a hit song in the smooth jazz circuit. That's like what? That's like a classic, classic rock yeah. song. Only classic smooth jazz. Yeah, you know, back when, yeah, back when they were actually. Um, that yeah, was that's like all right now building. smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. Although the smooth jazz, they would actually play nowadays. They would play all right now. Oh really? Yeah, they're changing it up and just covering everything, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. I remember because uh, when I was working in in like '87, there's a flugel player named Tony Guerrero. And uh, Tony um, was signed to um, an independent called White Light. And I mean, one time we were, we were just hanging out at a sound check, and we're talking about the, the smooth jazz and such. And Lucille Hunt was the the owner of the company. And then she looks and goes, goes, you know, smooth jazz nowadays. She goes, it's just instrumental pop music. Yeah. And that's when it was still had some touches of jazz to it. And nowadays, it's exactly she's 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 got it nailed to it, to the yeah. wall. It's and just I mean they're just, just covering pop tunes, R and B tunes now. You get a lot of good guitar solos though. I've never done a real smooth jazz gig, you know, like Jay Gore does those a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he plays all over the place. And uh, and uh, Adam Holly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seems like fun though because their guitar gets so much hang time oh, yeah. so much they air never time did not before <laughs> like, not like that before now yeah it's like whoosh. i remember jay called me for the red special uh. um because he was um dude oh god gosh oh uh, ah i forgot his name now um but he was doing a record for them and they're doing really great players week i um warren hill warren was doing um we're the champions mm-hmm. and so jay calls him hey man you remember that brian may red special goes, yeah would you lend it to me too? Sure. It's right after I lend it to Brian. So sure, yeah, you borrow too. So he goes, hey, mind you, I didn't even change the strings. It still has Brian all over it. He goes, okay, cool. So they, they, he recorded, you know, the We Are the Champions with the Red Special for, for the, the uh, smooth jazz version. So That's killer. Got to thank Chris Smith for introducing us too mm-hmm. the day before the cruise. The keyboard player, Chris, you know, yeah. he, plays, he plays in our band. And uh, he, he's, our, he's my joke writer too. <laughs> Like we're standing up behind you guys on that because yeah, the you guys up in the back just the, the throwing best. stuff at us downstairs, you know. Yeah, we're <laughs> just heckling us from up the stairs. Yeah, oh, yeah, we love you too. Yeah, we'll get and you. So he gave me this line, and uh, Todd, who was playing drums, remembers it. I think to this day, like it was after like your fifth song or something. Huge crowd. Like, are we playing next? Are we sticking to the set list or something? Kind of looking at each other, and uh, I'm like, Hey, Todd. We're in the middle of the Caribbean. I'm like, gotta move your car man <laughs> and he looks up and he's like has a panic look at any and then it just... oh shit i do oh wait 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 no i don't <laughs> yeah you know, it takes a second because like oh no what happened yeah yeah anyway i gotta credit chris for that one but it, it landed <laughs> we got him we got him good 
Wait, See, what? It took him a second because we're just so used to, you know. Dude. Yeah, and I, I know you, you, you. I know it's, just, it's the garden, but look, you, you, you're double parked. <laughs> exactly. Ah! You're in the loading dock. You got to move it. <laughs> Speaking of the garden, I remember the first time we played there, it was, I actually stopped. The first time you played? First, yeah, um, we're walk, walking in the back. You know how you get into, you come through the loading dock and you come in and you have the hallway. Are you I talking stopped. about the local garden here in Pasadena or Madison, Madison Square? Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and, um, and we're walking in and I stopped. Everyone keeps walking. And I'm like, and what's wrong? I can't move. Well, I go, dude, this is it. This is the spot. What? Page and Plant will walk them through here. George Harrison walked right through here. And then, and, and Mick and Keith were like, right here. And they're going, yeah. I'm like, no, this is hollow. <laughs> this is hollow ground. That's so, awesome. Who are you? Who did you play that with? Um, I, or, I used to work with a lot of um, regional Mexican artists, pop artists, and stuff. So, um, so I worked there with a, a guy named. Uh, yeah, don't forget, you know, six by twos. Okay, two by fours. Bring them over. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're working Rick's, on. Rick's got another wing being built on his house over it, here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm. I'm uh, so it was a guy named Juan Sebastian and another one named Juan Gabriel, and yeah. so Juan was the one that we got. I mentioned earlier that got the, the Grammy with with Juan, but yeah. the other guys were just they couldn't get. They had no idea. I went, no, 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 dude. <gasps> you never yeah. saw the song. Remains the same. <laughs> like this is it. This is the spot. That's yeah. awesome. And so was that a Latin Grammy or a Grammy or Latin Grammy? Two thousand. Awesome. Year of our Lord, two thousand sixteen. Album of the year, fantastic. What what, can, what were some of the stuff you played on it? Um, like, I, can you show us anything that you oh, remember from the? I can't remember yesterday. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, excuse me, where are we? But I, but yeah. I, I do remember the sessions were fun and the tunes were really great. And and yeah. the um, producer guy named Gustavo Farias let me play whatever I wanted, which is really super. A lot of great acoustic stuff. He goes, yeah, no, go ahead, do what you want. Cool. Well, we got to hit some of these other artists. Just, just tell me something quick or not quick if it needs to. If it's something that stands out from all these different artists that I could bring up right now, like Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. Steven Tyler. Oh, okay, Ooh. so um, that came from Mark Hudson. I've, I've been lucky to you know, through Gustavo Farias. Gustavo had um has a had an engineer and he still works him from time to time, but named Dan Moore. Dan for had a friend who was engineering for Mark Hudson and couldn't make some gigs. He couldn't do some some recording at Mark's, Mark's place in Santa Monica. So he referred Dan. Hey, Dan, I need a guitar player. Well, what are you doing? We're doing this. We're doing that. I need to sound like this. He goes, oh, you got to call Ricky. So I get this phone call out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm leaving the bank. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Is this leaving uh, the bank? You just took out your last $20 bill? Twenty dollars, <laughs> I was like seventeen fifty. That's all I had at the time. I only have eighteen. You're like, now. I need a gig. I need a gig. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, this is Mark Hudson. Yeah, you know the Mark Hudson. <laughs> He's hilarious. Um, yeah, Dan Mark came and called you. Um, you know, got some guitar stuff to do. I wonder if you can come over. Sure, I'd love to. It. So we start doing all these different dates, and one of them ended up being a Christmas blues album for Steven Tyler. Badass. Okay, so. And the tunes were great. Um, he found these obscure old tunes, you know, Christmas balls, uh-huh. you know, 
baby, all my Christmas balls. It's just hilarious. <laughs> we found these two. It's wonderful. And he likes those double entendres. Oh, like, you like, know, it's like it's the ten inch song. <laughs> yes, it's it's I'm Stephen, um, and we wrote a couple tunes. Uh, we wrote a tune together. Jim Cox wrote another tune for this record as well. But the the big thing I remember is that um, Mark comes back and goes, "Hey, yeah, I was uh, driving down the road with Stephen the other day. Yeah, I, I played our song, the song we're working on. Yeah, and." Uh, the guitar solo came up, which is like a, a it was a kind of country kind of thing tune, and it, it was a kind of swampy thing. So boom, it's like say we're in I don't know, yeah. G. That kind of slanky stuff. He goes, yeah. So we're driving that road, and the solo comes up. Yeah, and Steven stops. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm getting a boner. <laughs> oh, that's great! Uh, that's hilarious. He's, he's, he's a nut. Yeah, so, if it rates high on the bonometer, then then you then know you did a good job of the session. Hey, um, yeah. So that then we've done like so many days. Um, we did the Harry Nilsson record, the 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 posthumous record. So that's great. We had a great time. That was a that was um yeah. uh Greg Bissonette was on that one. Sklar, Lee Sklar. Jim Cox and John Ferraro was doing it too, and uh, Jimmy Johnson was on bass. Yeah, man, you, these, for anyone who doesn't know necessarily all these names, I mean, these are the heavies. These of the were the guys we grew up going, oh my God, ah, you know, the heroes, you know. So. You're just playing with all the, it's, it's crazy. Now, how many sessions do you do like that are full band? Like nowadays, there's so much stuff where people overdub or a song is, starts with a beat and they stack, stack, stack. How many times are you in a studio with a full band or, okay. or, or close to a band? Um, it's gotten actually. Better. Um, I remember back to the time when we were doing some of these dates. Um, we were at the village and listened to a playback, and Jimmy was, you know, just looking over the console, and he looks around the room and says, "Hey, do you remember when we used to do this all the time?" <laughs> you know, then it got to the point where you might be doing it once or twice yeah. a year. Lately, I think in this last year, as soon as COVID started to clean up the first time, yeah. Uh, I think I it must have been like five, six. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and before then, it after that you know that the dreaded Jimmy Johnson you know um, date, it picked up. It was getting like you know, five or six dates a year. Where before it would just be nobody else in the room. I just did yeah. one over at uh, in Hollywood at um, Diane Warren's place about maybe a month ago. And uh, oh, she no, no, no. Actually, that was yeah, that was a month ago. And then two weeks later, did another one over at um, yeah. at Hanson with people, live people there, you know, doing it like we used to do. It was really kind of sweet. It was uh, Make a Wish Foundation, and and the client, the kid, um, wanted to, you know, record in the studio. Oh, so they kidding. got they got this this crack, you know, bunch of great players you know it's like shh. he could have had lebron but he got some session musicians he wanted some stinky smelly <laughs> session musicians and i tell you boy it is stinky and smelly oh my god no one even cleaned up afterward but yeah so we we're over at henson doing that that was a blast so but just seeing all the guys again was fun that's killer. but most of the time it's it's right here in this room yeah, a lot and of home sessions. Doing home sessions, and you know, they thank God, Lord above, they keep coming. So, do you have any special preamps or compressors that you use, as, like after you got your guitar gear going or whatever? Okay, how do you get a warm sound? Okay, so here's the the setup. It either goes through the amplifier, which you're hearing now, 
yeah. or through the Synergy. And yeah. so either way, I've got um, a couple different preamps, and they go back and forth between because every once every once in a while I'll stop and I'll go, man, this thing really sounds good on acoustic. Why why don't I use this focus right on acoustic more often? Right. But right now the focus right is in the the, the amp. So um, because yeah, I, I for a while I thought, oh, it's just gonna be acoustics, but it sounds great through that. So um, it, it either goes through the focus right or I've got a Universal Audio two six ten. Mm-hmm. And that's really good for, um, it, it just sounds great on everything, but I can use that to do stereo guitar, yeah. either electric or um, yeah. or acoustic stereo stuff. And then that goes, all of it goes fed into an Avalon 747 um, compressor. From there it goes oh, so upstairs to the Rosetta, yeah. um, which is Apogee, and then straight into the Compu. So you're always running the compressor after... That stuff. Yes, it's just to to, to, to keep the levels you know, tight. Yeah. And, so, it may, and it feels it feels warmer. It so. feels warmer, and it's barely on. If, if I, let me take. I shall return. It looks like it's oh, actually gets off this thing. Um, it's it's compression is like three to one, basically, yeah, yeah. and the threshold is pretty open. It's it's not the. Really, I mean, gosh, it's like yeah. plus one, so it's not really squashing it at all. It's just. Letting it breathe and keeping it from going, you know, clipping too hard. Gotcha. But yeah, so it's that. even if I'm going, even with the the bloody synergy, it just sounds wondrous. You would real, you'd miss that Avalon if it wasn't there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could really do it without the Avalon. Um, actually, no matter of fact, we're gonna and you can speak while we're this puppy up and sure. straight into Mr. Synergy, which is the the um, I think this is the if you pull all these cable switches off on the first try, you're better than me. I'd never get it. <laughs> ah, right. I'll just... There it is. It's alive. It's alive. First it's try. Alive, you got I it. First you. shot. First try. All right. So this is... Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome sauce, baby. So pull this guy get a little more. A little more This guy, so I, oh, actually, I had to. And you oh, got a. I was a. That's better. I had to. I was working with a, a girl yesterday, and she was, she was. Um, I was producing her stuff on it, and it was really dark, so I had to bump up a little uh, 4K. So I mm-hmm. got to take it down. Now it won't bite her heads off. And it has a. The synergy is a pretty small, like half rack or whatever. Yeah, small. But then. You have a little, the case, what's, so that case is something they sell separately? What is that? Yes. Yeah, so the case is $500. It, the, 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 um, the module's 400 and the actual casing is five. So, um, the, the casing as well has, um, two 12 like sevens as well. And it has, um, what's called a SAG 
control that um right. that stevie uh, was stevie or was it dave might have been um dave freeman but i think no i think it was stevie Fryette figured that one out anyway it um it emulates the push and pull of power yeah. tubes right so, mm. Cleans it up a little bit with less sag, more sag. It just gets a little bit more girth on it. Yeah, that's really cool. It's wonderful. It just yeah, yeah. I know they had that fire that almost wiped them out. Yeah, she's like next door or something. Oh, have mercy! It was yeah. on all the major news channels. Yeah. Oh, see. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that. So and there isn't isn't much. I tend to not use distortion pedals. Um, I'll use the booster. Yeah, yeah. You know. Whether it's a, like a, a treble booster or just like a regular, like here. This is a, uh, another gift. The Exotic Super Suite. Yeah. I haven't seen that one now. It's one of those mini pedals. I love the exotic mini pedals. Yes. Yeah, uh, how would you describe it? Is it a treble booster? Or it's is... not. No, it, it actually has toggle switches, so you can accentuate which frequencies you want to to bring up. And it's they have another one. Um, see, this is super sweet. The other one is a. Uh, this one's red. The other one's white. Yeah. And the other one is it, oh, super clean. Is it the super clean? Yeah. This is super sweet. The clean has less game, so it's a little bit cleaner. This one, you can't turn this up too much because it just way too much gain. Um, but it's and it's nice just to top things off on, especially with you know the the, yeah, yeah. the, the synergy thing is a great. So I'll any use, weirdo sounds you get out of your pedal board? I don't. Oh God! Hello. This, oh, seems like. This is called Sky Fi by Alexander. And when you hold it in um, the first mode, it gives you an octave or two octaves above. So, yeah. oh, oh, this is the regular. This is regular mode. Mode one is regular. something similar with the boss terra echo but like that's off when you're not touching the button right correct it's cool so, yeah but it has the tails the tail spillover yeah yeah it's a perfect way to do it mm -hmm. and now now strymon does the same thing you know with their yeah their blue skies and everything so yeah there's, there's been a few of them but that one has a really nice sound to it yeah so, got an analog man um where oh yes 
This is wonderful. Um, the bi stereo course. <laughs> Not bi stereo, but the bi comp. Bi comp, mini bi comp. There it is. And so the, right now it's set on the, the raw setting, which is basically like a, a, yeah. a souped up MXR Dynacomp. Uh-huh. However, on the right side is uh, Dan Armstrong. Hey, stop it. Orange squeezer. <laughs> So that's almost a boost in itself, you know. That's wonderful. Um, the, 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 the behave yourself. Now someone's behaving. Oh, you know what? It's one of those. Uh, one of those, those DIY uh, cables. Those. Uh, George L. Um, yeah, it's weird. If you have the George L's, what you have to really do, look, clue, because they're solderless, you kind of have to put a little super glue. Oh, that's a good call. On, yeah. on, on the cape, cap when you close it down to keep it. Because yeah, you know, yeah. these things get bounced around like crazy on you know oh, on yeah. the planes and stuff, and that kind of helps it there. But we've got the um, the bike chorus, the bike. Yeah, I might have to have you talking to the. Yeah, what's good about this guy? Is the um, the second you can, the two separate ones, so you can have different levels um, of depth and speed so oh sorry i turned it off that's great get your leslie sound go back and forth yeah. okay okay real quick yeah leslie tip if you're recording leslie stuff uh-huh. whether you can use a leslie or if you're going to use a leslie simulator pedal here's what you do you do a stereo and you do two tracks same part but change your um your speeds yeah first off so one might be this is right come over here my friend so here's for say this is your first part All right your second part you're gonna do on the second side will be come here friend ah big old feet not only am I going to faster speed, but I'm going to change up. pickup and I'm going to go back. Go right to the edge of the bridge. And wow. you do that and you pan them left and right. It's just humongous. It's so enormous. It's That's wonderful. Sure, I'd love to try that stuff, man. Yeah, Look. it's little, little tricks. Do you pan them all the I'll, way? No, no, no. Yeah. I'll go like with, 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 um, yeah. with Leslie things. I'll put on maybe 20 and 20. Yeah, there you go. And in, in um, sometimes when I use the um, the little vibra, the Leslie I have behind you, which is like a Fender had a little thingy later on. They they they, they bought it from um, CBS bought it from Leslie, but it's a that's a model fifteen I think. And so what I would do with that same thing, and it's not only when when I do the same thing with the pickups and stuff, but I change the speed of it as it goes. What on the different ones? So then it starts really moving around. On the sonic spectrum a lot. So killer, man. Yeah, Mark Hudson, all these Beatle tricks. Yes, I love learning all that stuff. Man, we can't even barely touch on everything you've done, my friend. You've got a cool album out. Long and Dusty Road. The Long and Dusty Road. Yeah, it's a blues thingy. Beautiful tunes on there, well, funky jams. and. Yeah, I think Bill Champlin sang on that one. And 
and uh, doing another one. And, and uh, I've got Teresa James singing on this one. And uh, talking with uh, Ruben Williams about getting uh, Tab Benoit to play on one of the tunes. Nice. And so, yeah. And um, Jack Cromwell played drums. Ferroni's played drums on it. Um, oh, Herman Matthews. Jimmy Branley. Oh, and so yeah. just call my friends and say, hey. Yeah. Well, I got one more in me. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do one more record. And, and so. And you got a gig tomorrow night here in L.A., right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, yes. Uh, so anyone around the L.A., you know, come brave the rain. You've done it before. You yes. know, don't let it hold you back. L.A. people are like, oh, earthquakes, earthquake, whatever, fires, rain. Oh, no. In. oh no. Have mercy. <laughs> so. Yeah, so and it's a little pre-Christmas thing. And that's why with Del Atkins on bass. Del like, played with uh, Patti LaBelle and McCartney. Yeah. He's been with the Maka. And Tim Curl, who um, I met when I was doing the uh, Josh Groban stuff. So Tim's playing drums, too. And where are you playing tomorrow? Uh, we're playing at Ireland's 32. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. In, on uh, Fairfax. On, on Burbank no. Avenue in Burbank. beautiful downtown Van Nuys. What was I thinking of? Oh, I was thinking of Molly Malone's. Oh, Molly Malone's, yeah. yes. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Ireland's thirty, Ireland's thirty-two. You know, we're yeah. playing over there in a little Irish place over in the valley, and uh, yes. it, and those it's this is great fun because these guys are great players, and we'll just go wherever we're gonna go with it and have a great. you know have fun with it. So that's what it's all about, dude. It's all about you. Yeah, you play for the love of it and for the professionalism of it, for the for the rent of it, for the rent of it. And, I tell you, and for everything else of it. But uh, I know that yeah, you're true player man like oh thank you can't i don't know what i'm trying to say but like i I just know you'd always be playing no matter what even if you're stuck on an island with just a ukulele you'd be making Uh, some uh, great music i'll just be sitting there sitting underneath that coconut tree just just plus playing not worried about the fact that there's no water or it's surrounded by sharks and i'm not ever gonna get off but i got my uke exactly (laughs) ukulele ukulele man Tried to learn to play as half as well. No, if I could even play a tenth as well as Dan Sawyer, I'd just be happy. Just a million it. things. Millions and millions and billions. Billions and billions, like Carl Sagan. Yeah. That's how old I am. But uh, yeah, so it's now yeah, just it's just fun. It's yeah, just cool. have fun, spread good music around, and make the world a little bit better. Beautiful. That's all we can do. We're just musicians. That's yeah, about all we can do. <laughs> we're possessed, man. It's yeah. like we don't have a choice in this matter. Oh, that's the truth. I keep trying to explain it to the wife. Go, sweetie. I didn't choose this. It chose me. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to give. I tried it to, to what, not do it. What preceded that conversation, though? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Oh, it's a wife talking to a musician. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this little hobby of yours. Yes, really. You know, you, you're not going to get home until one, two in the morning. Oh, I need to get up early. Sorry, baby. I don't know what I do. Oh, the time is safe. 